Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest is Alicia Wainwright. A little background on her. Haitian Jamaican, received a degree in botany at the University of Florida. She also worked in Panama for the Smithsonian. <sighs> now, she's an actress who currently stars on the hit Netflix series Raising Dion, which is trending, by the way. Season two, officially on Netflix. The hit Netflix series is executive produced by Michael B. Jordan and Charles D. King, good friend of mine. And it's based on the comic book series of the same name, Raising Dion. Raising Dion, a little background on the show, uh, follows the story of Nicole played by Alicia Wainwright and her son, Dion, Josiah Young, after Dion starts to manifest several mysterious superhero-like abilities. If you saw the first season, she was, in, she was tormented by that. You know, a lot of tears flowed for her in that first season. A lot of crime. Two years later now, after defeating the Crooked Man, and he's back. Jason Ritter is back. But we won't reveal any details of how he's played out in the second season. Season two follows Dion as he continues honing his powers with the support of his mom and a new potential love interest that's in, introduced on the show. But please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the incredibly talented, by the way, talented Alicia Rainwhite. How you doing, Alicia? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for that introduction. Well, you know, Alicia, I got to see you. Um, I saw you know, in the first season. And um, everything's about growth. And all, everything's about natural. But last night, you know, I got to see the finale last night. So it was, it was just so happened. I was, this weekend, I was like, oh, it, it popped on my radar to start watching. And I, this interview wasn't even scheduled yet. And so I started watching it. And you are a natural I don't know, you know, I won't say complimentary because I don't want to insult anybody at their acting, but there's some, there's a quality about your acting that really seems so na- conversational. Can we talk about that and talk about, you know, because you started over here in science and now you're in acting. I started in math and now I'm in into entertainment. Talk about that journey a little bit. And also, what did you hone your acting skills? Um, wow, thank you. I, I would say that... I think one of the benefits I have in my acting career is that it's not my first career. 
I was able to live a full life um, with, you know, travel and, and kind of immersing myself in, in the science world. And along the way, I just learned a lot about life. I learned a lot about myself and, you know, some of my peers who were trained very classically in, um, acting in theater, they have a different set of skills that can maybe give them a different range. But for me, the ability to be like very natural and authentic is probably one of my, like, I don't know. It's like the best I have to offer. But yeah, I, I, I would say that, that having, you know, a life outside of entertainment has absolutely helped shape my skill set. Whereas, um, a lot of my peers, they learn on the job, you know, their life was, was kind of the career that they made for themselves. So they didn't get the chance to maybe travel for pleasure or, you know, have outside interests beyond things that were completely focused on acting, if that makes sense. So where did the acting training come from for you? Okay, we got the we got the education, University of Florida, says Botany, the life experience in Panama, one of your places where you was at the Smithsonian. Where did the acting start to develop? Was it high school, college? Where? Um, so I took an acting class when I was in college. I think it was called Acting 101 for non-majors. <laughs> it was elective, it was an elective. <laughs> There was like, you know, it's pretty much, you know, it was an ex, uh, an elective class that I took uh-huh. and the teacher thought I was really bad. And like, it, it was just, it didn't necessarily make me feel like this was something I could ever take seriously, but it was my first real attempt at like, is this something that I like? But I kind of got shot down. Right. Um, and then later on when I ended up leaving uh, the Smithsonian and, and leaving kind of my work as a scientist and moving on to actually wine. I thought I wanted to be a winemaker. And so I was living in Sonoma. I met a, a couple of people who steered me towards an acting class uh, in San Francisco at the time. Right. And so I started taking classes there for um, beginners and <laughs> then quickly got a sense of the things that were making me seem very green um, that I just didn't know because I didn't have the education in acting. Um, but it was incredibly impactful to me and it helped give me a lot of the tools I use now whenever I approach, you know, my work. Well, it's interesting because, so I'm just trying to get to the root of the acting, you know, because you took that class, it was a disaster in college. And then you <laughs> over here, we want you're about to venture into winemaking here, and then somehow you take this acting class in the San Francisco area. Was it always in the back of your mind something as a child that you thought about doing? Because I was, I would tell you, like it, it, personally, I, I, I chose this career as a stand-up comedian, but I never thought about that at all in my life. It was just something I went mm. to college, and it fell into my life, and I loved it. Even though I, I pursued, I got the math degree, but after I worked at IBM a couple of years, I went. This is not what I want to do from a creative standpoint. I realized I was boxed in. It feels like mm-hmm. creatively, that's what was that what drove you to acting? Uh, okay. So when I was maybe five, I was in a um, public grocery store and my a woman had suggested to my mom to maybe take some pictures right. and put me into some kids modeling. Um, but she's a single mom and, you know, carting your kid from Fort Lauderdale to Miami for auditions and stuff. She quickly learned that that's not a kind of lifestyle she was interested in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had the 
understanding and the taste of it very early on. Okay. But then my mom was like, you know, it's a better use of my money and time to put you in karate and gymnastics and tennis and all of these things. So I had a very well-rounded upbringing that had nothing to do with acting, but I still had that little nugget in the back of my head. So as time wore on, I kept, you know, looking for someone to validate the curiosity I had. And every time I would do that, people would be like, what are you doing? Like you're stay in your lane. And it wasn't until I moved out to the Bay area that like, basically I had to (laughs) pay money for a class (laughs) for someone to look at me and be like, no, wait, actually I think there's something there. And I just latched on to that teacher's encouragement and my peers in the class, their encouragement. And I use that to kind of catapult myself forward. When, when did the light bulb go off for you as far as acting? I'm speaking right now to Alicia Wainwright, one of the stars of an incredibly popular series of Netflix, Netflix calls Raising Dion. She plays the mom to the lead oh. character, Dion and Billy. Uh, Billy. It's a very fun take on raising the family. She's parenting uh, a 10-year-old. And it was uh, who's now has superpowers. How do you handle that as a parent? You know, when it, when you know that kid can blow through a wall or, 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 or fly around the room and all these different skill sets that this young boy has. So it's a really fun take on that. But I want to say something about your mom. She may not have taken you down between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, but she did set you physically in the right way, taking these karate classes, taking these tennis classes, because you're really physical, especially in the second season. Talk about that. I mean, so the showrunner, Carol Barbie, and I have such a great rapport. And initially when the show was first written, before I even became attached, the, the character was a dancer. And for me, dance is not the most accessible skill. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think I have rhythm and, and whatnot, but like. <laughs> now you got the walk now. You got that walk now. You got you. You got a bold walk about you. You know, like, OK, OK, well, I, I got you. That, I got you. I learned that for the character, you know, uh-huh. and like I, I I did what I could to infuse the, the feeling that she's, you know, a dancer. But, mm-hmm. you know, Nicole's character has been classically trained in modern dance for many, many years. And that's mm-hmm. just something you can't pick up. Mm-hmm. in uh in a couple months so the showrunner who absolutely felt for me and how hard i worked for the dance she knew that i had always been interested in boxing and and uh you know that sort of aspect of like stunt work and stuff so she was like this is a fantastic way to incorporate nicole more into the storyline because she can be a little bit more defensive and it made sense that if there's a two week two year hiatus between season one and season two nicole would be doing everything she could to be the best version of herself and that includes taking self-defense classes and boxing classes and things like that so it kind of all kind of fell together but yeah i've I've always been a pretty athletic person i ran track in in high school i I mean i run now and, and i picked up boxing later in life but it's such a fun tactile skill. And, you know, if you're interested in action shows and stuff like that, you end up carrying that with you from show to show. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's fun because the reason I liked it, you know, the physicality being introduced with you boxing and, you know, cause you are going to fight. And I always, right. I, I always go, okay, where did she get that skill from? Where did, where did that pop up from? Where did that ability to fend off people pop up from? And but I see <laughs> it when you buy, when you 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 hitting a bag, you know you you look like you're looking athletic. You don't look like a weak mom or complaining mom because the first season and no complaints. You know you were very emotional 
the first season. Right. A lot of tears, a mm-hmm. lot of tears mm-hmm. flowed mm-hmm. for you in the first season because you was caught off guard by the, all these skills. You know, the dad was out of this young man's life. What do I do? It was like a classic character going, a fish out of water. This is not the life I expected. You know, and mm-hmm. my life has been flipped upside down. That to me was the first season. In the second season, it feels like you understand your life. You're trying to, you're still trying to take control of your life because you're still trying to be a parent to this young budding superhero. But the physicality was brought in because certain scenes require it, and I felt it was uh, authentic. Your thoughts? Well, thank you for saying that. And and I think the showrunner. You know, season one was kind of written as a character. And then right. over time, I inf- infused myself into season one. Season two, I feel like the showrunner really wrote the show knowing like Alicia Wainwright's sort of interests and right. skill set. So right. I think, you know, season one, she is very emotional. She is very raw because she has a lot being piled onto her, but then season two, she has that confidence of a having defeated something that was an incredible obstacle. And then two, her kid is living, he's thriving. And so is she, she has a job, she has disposable income. Like (laughs) she's able to provide for her kid in the way that she wasn't even thinking she could do season one. So, you know, in those two years, she's taken so much and made so much more out of it. And I think when, you know, you have that drive and you have that confidence. It's kind of the baseline for your success in life. And I think you see that at the beginning of season two. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Josiah Young, the, uh, the young man who plays the role of Dion. Talk about him. Uh, I know... This is this. He's not on the. He's not part of this interview, but he's just part of this interview. Your role in just communicating with him, being a parent, uh, being the, trying to keep structure in an unreal world, and but mm-hmm. also realizing that romance is coming back into your life, and dealing with that as a person who wants to expand your emotional life, but the primary emotion has always been your son. Talk about your role, right. with, uh, Josiah Young. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation. 
so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I mean, Josiah, they found him, you know, they, they did a huge nationwide search for, for this character and they found him and he was so raw and so fresh. And I think as the years have gone on, it's been really beautiful to see him grow and not only grow in his skills, but grow in his confidence and in his understanding of how the industry works. And, you know, he has a great support system in his family. And I think working with child actors, it's really important to have parents that are very hands-on who are very um, encouraging of their kid and creating a safe space because the industry is a lot, you know, especially now with social media and like the things that these kids can read on the internet and the things that they can uh, learn about themselves from people that they don't know. I think you have to have a really strong foundational like boundary system set by the parents to make these kids happy and healthy because it's a lot of exposure, especially now with social media. But, um, you know, being playing his mom has been so much fun and it's just, it's gotten, I want to say it's almost gotten easier over the years because (laughs) as he's gotten more comfortable and he's just kind of dialed in like his professionalism, it just flows very smoothly. That first season was a little hard because it's almost like you're, teaching him so he's learning and then he's also performing so the weight on his shoulders was just insane it's an it's an insane expectation to put on one child for six months who has never done this before and so we try to approach him with like joy and grace and the best we could but like i know it was really hard for him and i know it was really hard for his family to like watch him have that weight on his shoulders but the season two he just he just absorbed it and is just such a little man now and it's (laughs) kind of it's kind of crazy to see because it's like who are you you know like when i met you you didn't know some of the most basic things and like here you are like just kind of nailing it and he's really honed in his skills and i don't know i'm really proud of him and i'm i'm proud of the show that we make because at the end of the day like 
this is his real life, you know, and he's growing and he's learning and he's creating the core of who he is now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I always, you know, people are always like, it's, you know, never work with kids, never work with animals. But like, I do think like (laughs) when you work with kids, I work with pigs now. Okay. I work with pigs. (laughs) (laughs) But like when you work with kids, you really have to remember like, they're little people and the things you do and say around set, they're going to carry with them for a long time. And it's going to shape the way they think about the industry, the way they think about themselves. So as best as I could, I tried to like, you know, participate in an environment where he was happy and could thrive and, and do really good work. So well, yeah. I, I, I do hope that that translates on screen, but it does. You know, outside of work, he's just a sweet kid. Well, it does because your relationship, you know, at the beginning of the interview, I was just talking about how talented you are as far as the little nuances, especially in your relationship and parenting him. I really believe there is a there is a uh, mom son parental relationship there that's played out because you have your face. You make little gestures in your face with your eyes, with your lips, with your nose. It's you know, I'm not saying you uh, you know you you twinkling your nose like you're about to make somebody disappear. I'm just saying that you play more into the reality of what's more than what's written. And that is so special. And I always say when I'm watching television, I'm watching a movie and somebody's making me smile because they've stepped beyond the pages and they're entertaining me. You do that so well. And, and, and I, I do see you being the next 10 years, stay the course. You are a star. And I've, I've been blessed to be able to see this happen over the last 30 years and just to see it on this screen, one episode after the next episode. That's the one thing about binging. Binging allows you to just really <laughs> chart a person's progress through the series, how they develop yeah. characters. And you do such an amazing job. Those nuances, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's telling you this, when people talk about your future in this business, Alicia Wainwright, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Wow. Dang. I mean, thank you for saying that. I think that's so generous. What a generous thing to say. I I would say like, you know, putting your head down and doing the work and not um, doing your best to not let the nose um, make you feel like your dreams are not possible. I think as you climb up the ladder of roles and projects and things like that, it never gets easier. And there's always something higher than what you're doing. And I think I've learned that this feeling will always be there in, in, in my industry. And so if you don't stop and appreciate what's happening to you right now, your entire life will constantly be looking for the next rung of the ladder. And I try very hard to approach each day like it could go away right and this could be the best it could ever get so that being said how do you make your time on set the most pleasurable how do you form these connections because you might never see these people again maybe the show doesn't get renewed like that's kind of how i approach my work because i have seen careers ebb and flow and and if you can't just roll with it but continue to do your best work um, you could find yourself reflecting on your life and your career and, and feel like, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy it. And, and I, I do feel like, you know, I've had 
uh, ups and downs in my career, but I ultimately am very passionate about what I do and I enjoy what I do. Um, and I think if you keep doing that, you're successful. It's just inherent. And so of course I, I have big, uh, <laughs> lofty dreams for myself, but I can look at myself right now and feel very satisfied. Well, I'm very satisfied that you are a star. I'm very satisfied to say that and tell that to anybody who speaks. Uh, this, you know, the second season on Netflix of Raising Dion only magnifies what I'm saying because the opportunities are going to gonna get past this pandemic and I'm going to just see one or two, one or two movies and releases and your name just going to be all over the deadline and variety. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I just want to talk about a couple of more characters in Raising Dion 2. Uh, it's the second season, I call it. Is that uh, Rome Flynn. He plays your love mm-hmm. interest, Tevin. And then you, then your older sister just camps herself into your life. Player by playing. You know, she's so funny because I'm a big fan of her from Ballers. And I, when she walked through, I said, that's my girl from Ballers. That's my girl. And uh, so talk about their relationship because it's an enjoyable series. Like I said, every episode was like that for me. And I got to the finale. I was thoroughly satisfied. And it sets up for another great third season coming up. They've already set it up, y'all. When this episode ends, you know it's the third season and the character is crazy (laughs) powerful. So talk about your other two uh, co-stars. So Rome um, came on very late. We almost weren't sure we were going to be able to get him because uh, he was on a, a show that kept getting delayed for um, COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we weren't sure it was going to work out, but at the last minute it did. So I actually didn't meet him for the first time until we were on set. Mm-hmm. And he immediately in real life took to Josiah and made it his priority to be almost like a real life best friend mentor to him. Mm -hmm. And so that I think so easily made him fit into not only the show's like outside experience with the cast, but also what you see on screen because Nicole appreciates Tevin because of what he offers Dion and how much he cares about Dion. And I think like it would, it just warmed my heart to see how much Rome really took to Josai and like, made it his priority to like spend time with him and, and play with him and, and be his friend. So Rome is a solid one for that. And like really took that on. And I think it translates on screen. And I mean, Jasmine, Jasmine Simon, she is what, what we do on set (laughs) is how we are outside of set. She's Mm -hmm. always, she's not, she's like a couple years older than me, but Mm -hmm. she just has always treated me like a big sister, uh, with that big sister energy and is like Mm -hmm. giving me a hard time all the time. And I think that, you know, she's teasing me in this way that only a sister can. And it just really comes on screen so perfectly for how we are in real life. And I think, I think what's, uh, what's fun about that is, is it feels very authentic. And we used to, uh, the, the showrunner would joke that like, she wants to make a mini series of just, 
you know, uh, Nicole and, and her sister kikiing on the couch, you know, because <laughs> we do get a lot of pleasure out of those scenes. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, the, uh, the Raising Dion is season two on Netflix, uh, two noteworthy executive producers on this series, names you may be, you may know, Michael B. Jordan and the incredible producer, uh, just an amazing African-American guy, black guy. Charles D. King, how he's just uh, flipped the script on Hollywood and, and bringing tremendous uh, black content to the screen. One of the leaders in bringing black content to the screen, and he's doing it big time. But he needs talent to do it big time. And he's found the brilliant young actress, because she's young, and because she, she has a lot of years in front of her, Alicia Wainwright. Uh, she's Haitian Jamaican. She had a degree in botany at the University of Florida. She worked in Panama at the Smithsonian. Now she is a star in Hollywood. I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Alicia. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time. Great. If you want to see or hear any of my interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>